One evening Sergeant Brennan was manning the front desk of the police station when an obviously irate and breathless Jimmy Lennon burst through the main door. In the name of Jesus, exclaimed the sergeant. Hold on, sergeant, till I catch my breath, panted Jimmy. By God, man dear, I thought you were going to take that door off its hinges, scolded Brennan. It took Jimmy a moment or two to gather himself before he was ready to explain the purpose of his visit. My family's destroyed. Jimmy wailed. That blackguard Mickey McMahon from the hill has stolen my sister away, and the beast even assaulted my own wife. Brennan was shocked by this revelation and he asked Jimmy when had all of this happened. This morning, when he knew I would not be around. That gobshite didn't want to meet me face to face, for I would have fixed him for sure. But he left my wife in an awful state and our four wee children are completely destroyed by the experience. I want something done about this, Sergeant. First we will get a statement from you about the facts, and then my constable and I will go and see what this McMahon fellow has to say for himself. Now, in your own words, clearly and slowly tell me what happened and I will write it all down, said Sergeant Brennan. It took an hour for Jimmy Lennon's statement to be finalized and signed by him. From what he had heard, the sergeant believed that there would be some very serious charges to be brought against Mickey McMahon and that he would need his constable to help him bring in the violent blackguard. Get your coat, constable, Brennan instructed the young policeman who was now manning the front desk. What's happening, sergeant? asked the constable. We have to go up the hill and arrest Mickey McMahon for kidnap and assault. Kidnap and assault? Mickey McMahon? I know it's hard to believe, but accusations have been made, replied Brennan. And Jimmy Lennon made the accusation? That's right. Sure Jimmy Lennon wouldn't know what the truth was, even if it bit him on the arse commented Constable Wright. Don't I know the sort of Jimmy Lennon? The sergeant grimaced. But we still need to investigate the accusations. So, come on. The quicker we get there the quicker we'll be done. On the way to the hill Brennan explained that they should take things very easy when talking to Mickey if they wanted to ensure things did not get out of control and cause somebody to get hurt. In the small, outdated police car Brennan brought right with him to the McMahon home. It was a single-story home that needed a bit of tender loving care done to its exterior, but was generally well-maintained. Sergeant Brennan marched right up to the front door of the house and knocked on it heavily with his hand calling out loud, police. But despite his efforts he did not get a reply although there was something about the place that made him certain that someone was inside. He marched around to the rear of the house and, seeing a bedroom window open, he clambered in and began his search in such a way that anyone who was in the house would know he was there. It was not a large house and he quickly made his way through to the kitchen, the door to which was closed against him. Grabbing the door handle, Brennan tried to push the door open but it did not budge and, when he forced it with his weight, he found the door obstructed by a heavy chair. Standing with a look of fear and amazement on her face was Molly McGuire. Sergeant Brennan was totally astonished by her presence in the house of Mickey McMahon because she was the sister of Jimmy Lennon who had allegedly been kidnapped by McMahon. As he came to his senses again, the sergeant began to notice the familiar, strong bouquet of pointing assaulting his senses. In front of him, on the kitchen table, Brennan saw three open bottles, all of which contained remnants of poidine and were, undoubtedly, the source of the strong odor. Molly looked at the tall, burly policeman with pleading eyes and she began to tearfully tell him, They are not mine, Sergeant. Mick McMahon and another man have been up all night making poidine, and now he has gone to sell it. But Brennan showed little interest in her obviously false story. Molly now went further by saying, 
that damned blackguard even locked me up here in the cottage as a prisoner until whatever time he returned. I just thank God that you saved me, Sergeant. I. You are safe enough now, girl, Brennan told her coldly, as his eyes scoured the room for some evidence of what had happened. I can show you some other things that will prove what he has been up to, Sergeant, urged Molly. Brennan summoned Constable right into the house after first opening the front door. Bring in some of those evidence bags and we can gather a few things. You finish off looking in the house for more evidence, while Molly takes me to see irrefutable proof of McMahon's crimes. Yes, Sergeant, replied Wright. The constable watched as Brennan went out of the back door with Molly at his side, and she was chatting to him, giving him directions with her hands. It's just over there, beside that hawthorn bush, Molly told him and began to lead the way. When they arrived at the thick bush and hedgerow, Sergeant Brennan began to search among the close-knit branches. It didn't take him long to find a metal milk churn and, with Molly's eager help, he dragged it into a clear space. Didn't I tell you, Sergeant? Molly said triumphantly. Well, let's have a look at it first, shall we, replied Brennan cautiously. Then, using both hands he succeeded in forcing off the lid of the churn and he became engulfed in a sweet, strong smell and when he looked inside the churn he found it was full of wash in a state of fermentation. This was evidence that this Mickey McMahon was preparing the mix for a second run of pointing for his customers. That same evening, when he arrived home, McMahon was arrested for illicit distillation of spirits and several additional charges. In due course, in the district court, Mickey McMahon was defended by Joe Geary, a much-respected and successful local solicitor. In his opening statement to the court Mr. Geary reminded them that his client had been arrested and prosecuted three years previously for making poiting. He told them that on that occasion Mickey was convicted of the offense, but was arrested a year later on similar charges, which were dismissed when it was discovered that Mickey had been set up by persons unknown. Mr. Geary made it clear that it was his case that the charges against his client were also a result of someone framing Mr. McMahon. He alleged that Mickey had been having an extramarital affair with Molly McGuire for several years, until two years ago, they fell out. Mickey admitted that, four years previously, had left her husband and began living with Mickey in his house. Mickey declared that she had been a difficult woman to live with and they had separated several times, with the last and worst argument occurring about 18 months previously. On that occasion, Mickey testified he had become tired of Molly's argumentative ways and began to become closer to his own wife. When Molly found out, said Mickey, she swore that she would get me back for treating her so badly. She could have gotten into my house quite easily and planted all this so-called evidence. In his summing up the judge, Gerard McElroy, commented that it was very strange that Mrs. McGuire had not answered Sergeant Brennan's calls when he entered the house. This would have been easily done even if the accused had locked her in the house. Judge McElroy also suggested if the poison had been planted then such behavior was consistent with Mrs. McGuire's previously alleged conduct. He did point out, however, that Mr. McMahon had failed to give any definitive proof that she had been guilty of such deception. In the end, Mickey McMahon, was fined what could be considered a nominal amount for the offense with costs. Although she wasn't found guilty by the court, Molly McGuire was sent to Coventry by the local community.